Cheers, mate. Thank you. It's Andrew Davis calling from Toon Talk Radio in the Northeast, in Gateshead, actually. Uh, if you want to listen to the show, just go to www.toontalk.co.uk. And remember to call the show, it's 0191 538 9781. If you've got a handset and you want to walk around and listen to the most in-tuned uh, talk on any takeover with Newcastle United, just go to Google Play, Google Play and you can actually go to novaradio.co.uk and you can listen as you waltz around Newcastle, Belgium, Dubai, uh, Texas, wherever, wherever, wherever you are in the world, Toon Talk will be there for you 24 hours a day on our pod- podcast later on as well. So, it's going to be an interesting evening tonight. Newcastle play uh, in Burnley away from home and obviously it's live on Sky so the show is starting a bit early tonight. Uh, I'll bring in my co-host this evening and that's Neil Mitchell calling in from Dubai. Good evening Neil. Belgium? Ah yes, <laughs> mate. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. And you know obviously with all the Dubai talk, uh, for me the, the real talk uh, is uh, the, the three strikers uh, that could play tonight, one of, one of three, uh, mm. Perez, Mitrovic or Gale, um, plus you've got the takeover going on. Another article c- came out tonight from from the the Daily Mirror, uh, which to me just is a muchness of muchness. Uh, it doesn't really say anything, uh, it, but we'll get to that in a moment. But um, tell me, what, what's your feelings about tonight? Before obviously I bring in the main guest and Gary Foster in a minute. Uh, so tell me, what, what's been what's been your um, what's your feelings about tonight? Tonight. Um well, with Burnley, it's, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a dour affair, mate. I think you know they're not scoring many goals, and we're hard to beat. And frankly, if we can go there and snatch, snatch a one nil, a one nil, I'd be delighted. Absolutely delighted. Yeah, I think it's. it's I think because obviously the way we're set up, we're always going to play one up front. Uh, the the, point, the the problem I think tonight is uh, Perez. He scored obviously he scored away his last game against Southampton. Mm. Uh, he's, he's been getting a bit of criticism, and to be honest with you, he's been vehemently defended by Rafa Benitez, which is obviously he's, he's, he, that's his guy. He's, he scores I'd, goals here and there. I'd just love everybody to kind of wind the necks in a bit. You know, Perez ran his socks off in the last game, and in his in his tireless uh, efforts didn't didn't gain with much. Uh, in reality, what it did do was tire other people out, and then the people come on start to gain the benefit. That's the way we play. 
it's a team it's a team effort we've got to see the value that every single one brings um we're punching above our weight in many ways and we know this so why are we getting touchy about it you know it's just back the team back rafa keep a hard keep the line the win tonight you know puts us significantly nine points above the relegation zone and we're on to 20 points and then or close at the 20 points and we're not even quarter way through the season and in reality is is our target remains as it was at the start of the season 40 points and anything else is a bonus and yeah, I think so that's that's the men we've, we've got to go into it and Rafa's created this wonderful squad togetherness we've got a little bit of siege mentality going on between us and him and the and, and the the team and, and, and the, everybody's sort of pulling together and yet we've got to still pick 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 at players there's players I don't like there's players I'm not keen on but actually sometimes I'll see the value of the bring to the team and you just got to say well you know what he's, he's done a shift there and come away if you've got a lad who hasn't done a shift he's, he's very welcome to have all the criticism in the world and get the pelters in the world I know people have had a good Jocelyn for missing chances I'd rather he was getting the chances to miss than, than not getting the chances at all I think that's the that's the, the key to it. Talking about you know getting ahead of ourselves and uh, you know people being a bit of a crisis. Um, mm. Let's let's bring in Gary Foster, um, a freelance journalist in the northeast. Uh, Gary, talk about a crisis. You can't get any more ballsy <laughs> than uh, <laughs> than uh, Mr. Larry Grayson at uh, at Sunderland, and uh, I know that um, uh, Neil's got to come back on that one. So. But um, tell me, uh, you, you can't get any worse. And I think for Newcastle fans, it's, well, it's delirium. Uh, but I think this is the biggest tete-a-tete I've seen online is the, the, the gates, 23,000, when sometimes you look, at, you look at them and you can't believe there's 23,000 there. But it, the, the wheels have fallen off uh, well and truly over there. And I suspect they can't even afford to sack the manager when I actually don't think he's the problem. Go ahead. Um, it, it, it's a difficult situation. I mean, we knew um, that it was never going to be easy given the financial restraints they were under at the start of the season. Um, but I think a lot of fans were willing to back Grayson considering the budget he'd been given and, and the task he had ahead of him. But it just feels as if they're not all pulling in the same direction at the moment for whatever reason. The stuff that uh, Grayson's coming out with on the parks and everybody's trying, everybody's pulling in the same direction. That doesn't seem to ring true in the performances, and the the thing is, the worry. Well, one of the worrying things is quite a few worrying things, but one of the worrying things is that it's daft as it sounds. For the first 20 minutes on Saturday, they actually started quite well and looked half half decent side. It's just he can't seem to get them to do it for 90 minutes, and whenever they go a goal behind, they, they just really, really struggle to to to, to take the game to teams, and I think. I think you're right about the financial side of things, about nobody knows whether they've got the money to, to be able to sack them or not. But I think whatever happens tomorrow night will go a long way to deciding whether or not um, Mr Grayson's still in the job come, come the end of the week. I keep on hearing that. It was interesting I saw. I saw Mike, Michael Gray, who's obviously a pundit uh, now in, in where, where Neil is, um, and they're, they're, they're trying to say put him in charge with um, Kevin Ball. The thing about Sunderland is we've been down this, they've been down this road many, many, many times. To bring in a pundit 
with no experience whatsoever, and bring in Kevin Ball, who's always given, you know, given everything to the Sunderland cause, and um, seems to be doing quite well with with the, I think the under 21s, under 17s, whatever it is, you know, he, he, there are players that will come through there, but I think it it just seems, you know, it I think it's I thought it was a bit disrespectful Michael to do that, to be honest with you, I, I thought well, you know. Why, why would the why would the fans warm to Michael Gray sitting on the on the touchline, um, you know, unqualified, uh, never never done? He's been a footballer, that's it basically. And you bring mm. it, and he wants to be brought in. Um, the thing with Sunderland, there are plenty of managers out there. Uh, some of them would take wouldn't take too much money. I think they, uh, you know, is it Grayson's fault? Uh, you know, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't think it is. Neil, what do you think about Sunderland? I know he's got a quick comment. It, it, it's an absolute mess. I mean, I was talking to a, a red and prominent, quite prominent red and white out here uh, only yesterday about it, and uh, he said, you know, he says Neil, I was a I was a season ticket holder the last time I went down to the old third division, and he says his words were, um, they're in danger of doing a McMenemy. He says it has all. The, all the same feelings, all the hallmarks. He says, I cannot see where goals are coming on. Like Gary just said, he, he, can't, he said, once the goal goes down, that's it. The shoulders drop. You're looking for leaders on the pitch and the, everybody's hiding. The ball's a hot potato. Nobody wants it. Um, and hey, for the, for, the, for the grace of God, we've been there ourselves. We know a relegation team when we've seen one because we've seen enough of them ourselves. Mm. And, and, and it's that sinking feeling. It's bloody awful. And I mean, on the financial side, it's, it's, it, nobody knows really how bad it is. I'd heard something somewhere this week, and I, d- I don't know what, whether you've heard this, Gary, that potentially Ellis Short's house in London's worth more than the club at the moment. Uh, te- technically, maybe, um, I think the, the story doing the rounds is that Ellis has said he's willing to accept the same amount for the football club as his house is worth in London. Now, I haven't had that definitely confirmed, but that is the room we're doing the rounds. I mean, his, his house in London isn't like a two-bed, two uh, semi-detached no. up here. It is, worth, it, is worth, <laughs> it is worth apparently around 60 to 70 million. So it's like a drop of 30 million, which is a fair old whack of what he was, what he was really looking for. But apparently that was one of the rooms doing the rounds that he's willing to uh, get out of town for, for what... Um, his house is worth in London, but like I say, that hasn't been confirmed by any sources that I know. But it, it, apparently, sixty to seventy million might be enough to persuade him to, to walk away. Well, yeah, I think um, yeah, that, that to me screams, um, "What the hell is going on in those accounts?" Mm. Um, and, and that's not talking about money to come, potential parachute payments, and all of that. It's it's what's happening in the here and now. What's what's so bad? Bearing in mind. In the current accounts, there'll be last year's Premiership money, last year's television yeah. money, uh, sales of Pickford, and you know all of that. Yeah. Um, that screams to me. There's something bigger coming in those accounts. Just, um, just from I what I know of, of, yeah. of looking at football club accounts, you know, it's, it's, I, 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 I don't know if that is. I could be proved wrong, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that is the case. I think, from what I've told and again it's not um, confirmed but what I've been told Ellis has gone back to America or is in the process of going back to America to live he's willing to take 60 to 70 million quid I do believe that he's owed around about 110 million quid 
Um, but I think what it, what it might be is there's, there's obviously a lot of ill feeling there. He might be just willing to cut his losses. Mm. And at the minute, from what I've heard, he's still cut, he's still cutting the odd check to cut losses. So mm. that would suggest that you know if he gets his 70 million quid, if that's enough, and he walks away, then he won't be cutting them checks anymore. And you don't know whether there's a deal yeah. saying whoever buys the club must pay off the debt that's owed to the bank or the debt. You know, it's all mm. it's all like hidden, as you say, you know. But I, I don't think it's... I mean, there was rumours earlier in the season saying that it might go and he might put them in administration. Now, that, that's mm, just strange craziness that, yeah. to me because he, he, he's owed 110 million quid. He's not the sort of bloke that needs to worry about his... I'm sure he does worry about his 110 million quid, but he's not the sort of bloke that needs to have sleepless nights over his 110 million quid. So why would you think about putting it in administration and writing off 110 million quid beyond me? But that was one of the rumours doing the rounds earlier in the season. I think, uh, we, I think we had discussed this, hadn't we, Neil, that we had been hearing rumours of uh, administration. But as you just said, Gary, it would, make, it would be complete lunacy to do that because, yeah, they would lose 10 points. Essentially, they'll be down already. Yeah. Really, they would be. So, um, and then everything would have to, well, <laughs> it would strip the club. The, the players that they've currently got will be sold to the, the nearest bidder because I think you, they'll be allowed to leave, wouldn't they? The yes, contracts yeah. would be yeah. torn up. So, um, you know, I think... Newcastle fans, we've always, you know, that that we've had that feeling as well in the previous years that that could happen to us. So the fact that Sunderland are just they're not just running towards the the, the dead men, they're absolutely on a toboggan, you know. And um, the the fact that you know they, they come they, to me, they came on a back of res, a good result in a three three draw, even though they should have won the game. Yeah, and they play at home. You know, he's got to me. Grayson's got challenges because yeah, they bring in the kids and just let them play, but with a bit of experience there. Or he, he basically, if he doesn't feel like he's, you know, he, he's not raising the players. But what, what, what manager's going to come in that would, you know, make them make these guys better? January, you know, is, it's a long way away, isn't it? Really, especially with a club with no money, Gary. Yeah, um, it's a difficult. One. I mean, the thing is, is <laughs> the daft thing is that there's probably somebody out there who would take up the challenge. I mean, Grayson was in, in a, had a cushy number really at, at Preston. You know, he was doing well, things were going fine. He wasn't really under any pressure. And then of course, Sunderland come calling, and he jumped, he jumped ship, yeah. and it, it, the gamble just really hasn't paid off for him. And but if he's willing to do that, if, you know, there's like you say, there's probably somebody out there willing to, you know, willing to give it a go. Um, as for the as for the Mitty Gray thing, um, Mick's, Mick's a personal friend of mine. He must, <laughs> be, he must he must be uh, he must be uh, uh, looking looking for the northeast weather again if he's thinking about jumping ship from over there to, to come back and throw his hat in the ring here. But I think, well, obviously, well, we'll talk about this some other time. But try try to get him to come on. Uh, probably the the best time is to come on right now, especially with with so much going on with the hot seat. Um, but the problem is he he'd have to come for buttons essentially, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, but you know you, you, the thing is, I've I've been reading a lot of things. There's this one particular guy who seems to have a <laughs> take a, a close personal interest in uh, in Sonnen, who I won't name. But um, 
this Mr. Bane who came from Rangers. Now yeah. I thought his I thought his remit was to sell the club quickly, efficiently, get this done. Um, why why is why is he taking so long? Why is he not out there talking to the talking to the press like yourselves? Um, where's the plan? What is he doing? Or is he doing exactly what doing Rangers and, and pure incompetence? And he, he, I think he went to court, didn't he? Um, I think he went to court. I'm not sure, but uh, when when Mr. Green was in charge, um, I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you about the court thing. Um, what I, I don't think his remit was to um, sell the club. I think his remit was to make it more attractive uh, to somebody yeah. who wanted yeah. to buy it. In terms of, um, there's been a lot of redundancies at the stadium, right? Um, so they've cut a lot of costs there. They've cut a lot of costs on the playing side, and that's basically been his job. His, his job really was to come in and fight fires. To to pay. He, he's basically dealing with all the mistakes that have been made previously for you know ten million pound players that have never haven't been able to sell on for anywhere near that amount. Um, you know, or players like Lenz who haven't gotten the money back for really stuff like that, and they've been on big wages. So basically, he, he sort of come in with a job of, right, clear the decks in terms of the playing staff. Uh, anybody who can sell for a few quid we will sell. Um, get get a playing staff together who don't cost very much, hence you've got, like, some front crabbing, and, you, and you've got the, you know, the, the others that have been brought in. And I think it, it we'll see it again in the, um, in the January if they can still find somebody daft enough to pay money for Lemayne Coney on his current displays, then they'll snap somebody's hand off. I mean, I saw a talk the other day his asking price might be as little as five million now, considering that less than a year ago he was valued rightly or wrongly at sixteen million quid. That's a hell of a drop. But that's mm. that's that's where they're at. They're going to have to clear the decks again, possibly in January, before they can bring anybody in. And it's going to be the likes of the big earners like Corner, possibly and Dong, people like that who will have to ship out. And again, they're going to be getting in much cheaper people from lower leagues and hoping somehow they'll manage to get it to gel together uh, have they been selling like uh, you know there are whispers out there that they've been they've been selling parts of you know parts of not not part of the club but are they actually selling merchandise like uh, things in the shop uh, faxes all that stuff have you heard that they're doing that no no i've never i've never heard anything anything along those lines i mean um, I think they're having trouble selling them shirts because the them stripes, them thin stripes are bloody awful. But um, you know that's just my personal opinion. You won't catch me in one of those, especially not on my figure. But um, no, I, I've never heard of anything um, along those lines. Like I say, there was a lot of redundancies, which was bad news. There's a lot of staff went um, before the end of last season once relegation had been sort of confirmed. And again, I think they're, they're looking to cock. Uh, cut costs wherever I can, but I don't think there's been any sort of fire sale or anything like that. They're not, they're not selling Bob Murray's gold taps or anything like that yet. <laughs> yeah, because when you hear of, you know, it would to me it's like it's it, when you look at the Newcastle situation before, you know, there was any room, rumors of, of any, um, you know, takeover. The fact that we weren't, they weren't buying any, you know, buying any players, and mm-hmm. now it's. You know, you hear about Sunderland selling this, that, and the other. Well, it's the same. It's the same analysis, really, isn't it? Because if they're if they're not going to buy players and they're they're trying to you know keep a tight purse, 
then you'd think, okay, we'll uh, we'll you know we'll we'll try and get try and sell it. We'll try and keep the cost down. Makes perfect yeah. sense. But you know when um, when when the fact that you know they had them had them Germans in um, yeah. and nothing really happened, and then you had also had the um, the alleged bid from the the Fulwell, which I, I'm led to believe was just a complete load of rubbish. It it, it just goes to show it. You know it's okay putting your name out there and you know signing non non disclosure, but yeah. you know. In essence, Sunderland, the, the problem they've always got, the, the stadium, is there's nothing near the stadium, is there? It's, 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 it's not near, like Newcastle's prime location, isn't it? We look yeah. at Sunderland, it's basically a stadium in the middle of nowhere. So anybody takes that over, you're going to have to, you know, you're looking at a Dubai situation, aren't you? That some, the big boys are coming to come in and think, okay, I've got an idea, we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll do that. But with Sunderland, it's basically... And build it, and we there's there's no infrastructure in place, is there? I mean, well, you've got the obviously you've got the new bridge coming up the road, and it, it, it is basically an old pit site, but it, it is at the same time it's it's five minutes walk into the town centre, so it's not really like there is a lot of infrastructure needed around there, but they have made some improvements with the um the foundation of light buildings there now. They've got the the massive Olympic swimming pool, and they've got the old uh, the 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 Hilton um, hotel there now. So it has improved slightly. There's still loads and loads and loads of room for for more improvement. But I think the the thing just switching it back Newcastle wise, mm. um, the thing that they've got to hope for is that if if um, Miss or Mrs. Stavely, I'm Stavely, not sure yeah. what she is, uh, is um, is going to do a deal. You have to hope that it's going to be before Christmas, really, because the last thing you mm. probably want in that ideal world, while things are going great at the minute in Newcastle, you'd want Rafa to be back in January. And if a deal's still going on come Christmas time, will Mike be willing to put his hand I, in his pot when he knows he's selling the club? I understand there's two lists, Gary. There's, uh-huh. a, there's a plan A. Yeah. Um, if the club is not sold, then we'll go mm. this direction. Right. Plan B, if the club is sold and I'm giving right. a watcher, well, then yeah. we'll go in that direction. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, he's, he's probably covering his bases. Yeah. It does, you're right though, it makes it difficult to plan while there's uncertainty. We're yeah. in this kind of funny eye of the storm time at the moment where it naturally goes quiet. Mm-hmm. I just I take the silence <laughs> as, a, as a positive sign, personally. Yeah. Um, no, no, I mean, no, I wasn't yeah, to you're right, though, it is a, it's a challenge. It's yeah. a ch- it is a potential challenge. By the way, yeah. I don't know if, you, if, if you've seen Martin Bain's Wikipedia page recently, but some describing him as the current Grim Reaper of the football. Naughty, naughty. Isn't Wikipedia wonderful? It's wonderful. I got I got an edit on there for that was there for about two months before somebody took it off, which was brilliant. Um, I, I, I love sort of that that the ridiculous way people both either from outside of other clubs or, or from within the club when they get fed up start mm-hmm. suddenly tinkering with people's Wikipedia entries. I think it's brilliant. I mean, the other the other thing I wonder Newcastle wise just to, to continue mm-hmm. on that thing is obviously the owner that they've got at the minute. While hasn't been anywhere near ideal for the fans, if I say that to politely, I think probably um, it's probably been ideal in a way, in one way for Rafa, because I don't think he gets involved. Do you know what I mean? Let's 
Rafa Dewey's obviously mm. there's the money side of things, but to a certain extent the management side doesn't get involved now. I couldn't possibly tell you who the potential new owners are, but you would have to hope that whoever does come in, create if they provide the cash and all that, but you would have to hope as a Newcastle fan that they're still going to let Rafa do I what think, Rafa does. I think there's a lot of elements that any if a new owner coming in is smart, mm. there'll be parts of the club he will just turn to Rafa and say, what do we do? Yeah. Where do we go? Where do you see this vision going? Put your project back in line. What do you envisage for this? And how much money is this going to cost me? And now tell me the real money that I want to put into it. And there's a negotiation to be done there, I think, in, in, yeah. in terms of Rafa. Because I think if you were to say, Rafa, how much do you want? He'll just... It, it strikes very much that he, he, he potentially could just want a bottomless pit. But, well, but mind, there's, a, there's, a bottom, there's a bottomless pit worth of problems to put right in some respects yeah. in terms of academy, training facilities, mm. you name it, you know. Um, that said, um, I think they've got to trust his judgment on this yeah. project vision that he had. And there they've are got some to back him. Yeah, absolutely, they've got to back him and they've got to trust him. And I think I would hope and would firmly nudge if the if things were to take off from today, for example. Mm-hmm. If for example if an interested party had submitted submitted a bid today and and it had been accepted and things are now rolling. Okay. In that scenario, that I would strongly urge that that buyer to to take anything Rafa suggests on board, he, because potentially what he could help lay down is something that will benefit future managers and future managers and future managers. And so yeah. I think I think that's the kind of thing that has to happen. Yeah, that's well, that, that, that's what you that's what you'd want. That somebody's going to come in, obviously not with a, nobody's expecting the bottomless pit, but somebody's come in with with a financial clout there now. Mm. But given what he's done so far, what he's had then surely if you've got any ounce of football and sense about you, you would say, back him. But the only thing I'm thinking is, the fellow that we've got down there, while he might have all the best intentions in the world, from appointment after appointment after appointment, and the people that he's had advising him, that fellow had a lot of money, but didn't have a clue about football. So it's a sort of mm. cautionary tale, really. I don't yes. think it will happen at Newcastle. But what I'm saying is, like, while it would be great for Newcastle fans to see the back of Mike Ashley given all the what he's given the fans since he took over, and while it would be great to see for Newcastle to have this money, and I don't for a second think that Benitez would waste it. I can't see that happening in a heartbeat. But you would hope that the new person that comes in has got enough about them, or people around them have got enough about them to say, by the way, just let this fella do what he does. You concentrate on that part, but what he does... He knows what he's doing. He knows how to get the best for the club, so just leave him a be, you know what I mean? I, th- I think it's not just... You're right, you've, you've hit something there. It's not just about whoever's providing the funds for it and whoever then comes into whatever, the CEO role or whatever. Yeah. Um, that, that, that individual must have people around them advising them, seeing... On, num- on a number of fronts, actually, I think, Gary, not just about yeah. the, the football business and about, about Benitez, about how to engage with the fan base in, in the way that Michael Ashley hasn't, how yes. to learn from those mistakes, how to get 
the, the fans invested in them. And that's not just by coming in and spending wads of cash. Yes, it's no. going to create an excitement and a buzz, but if then you, you ultimately still have people sitting around saying, well, when are these going to flip and when are they going to do something that's going to pee off? Mm-hmm. We, we've got 10 years of total mistrust yeah. between the fan base oh, yeah. and the club. That needs to be repaired. And the only person that can repair that are the new owners. And they need people in, in there that can help them engage, help them. I, I personally think they've got to look, look down to what, what um, uh, the Nakian family did, have done at Man City in the way yeah. that they've engaged with supporters. Down to yeah. inviting groups of supporters in to taste the pies for the next mm-hmm. season and the pre-season. Well, help yeah. asking them about redesigning the badge. Can you help us pick a, pick a badge? And they've gone retro with it. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. that was the owner's idea. That was mm-hmm. that came from the top. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. because he's got people around him who are saying, right, this is how we should get the fans to buy into this. Yeah. They still can't fill their ground on a regular yeah. basis. Mate, that that, that brings me into my next uh, question, actually, or when it comes to Chris Parry, who's in Texas. Um, Good evening, Chris. Uh, thanks for coming on the show again. Uh, the one question that we're going to start with, obviously Newcastle playing tonight, but um, as as Neil just uh, nicely teed up for me with, with Gary Foster, who's obviously on the show as well, um, when it comes to Newcastle, we've been fed a lot of things with Newcastle. You've probably seen with the latest article, uh, even tonight, saying that Newcastle are going to be, are going to be run on, on the same lines as Manchester City. What's your thoughts this evening? Well, I mean, I, uh, good evening, guys, and hopefully Newcastle can get all three points here in the next hour or so. But, uh, yeah, um, it, it's funny. I mean, I was the guy that always were talking about, well, you know, they're buying the league, they're buying the league. I Look, I, it, it's going to be great for, for Newcastle to have some cash. Um, I, I personally, the guy that I love and I really would love for Newcastle to go try to go get him is Oba, Oba Mayan, the, the Bruce Dortmund striker, the guy that could just put the ball in the back of the net with plenty of pace, and just I'd love for them to go get someone like that. But I do think that they're not going to try to buy the league. I think Rafa Benitez wants to exactly what the the gentleman said before me. He wants to strengthen the academy, the whole infrastructure, and, of course, it takes money to do that. I I don't see them buying boatloads of players because Everton has now shown that that does not work. As much as as well as you think. I mean, you can't say a word about Everton's owners. Everton's owners flashed the cap, and and of course now they've already fired their manager, and, and mm-hmm. it seems like they're going nowhere. So it's not just an in, an influx of cash. And if you guys remember, guys, when Man City first got bought by those guys, they weren't exactly making all the right decisions either. Remember they you know they went and got the the Brazilian striker. They just paid, they paid a fortune for him, and I was like, holy smokes. You know, and, and that was the first solve. It took a while for Man City to figure it out, mm. and it's not just getting yeah, the it's it's not it's not just getting the you know, the best players in the world. It's getting the right one mm. to play the system and to play it the way you want and, and and to fit into the team structure that you like. And I really, but the good news is, is if if Amanda Stavely and all of this stuff is true, and if this sale goes through. Well, then they're never going to have money to do what Rafa Benitez wants to do. And I think as fans, we've been anxious to see Newcastle reach the height that we've always envisioned and loved for them to see. Yeah. And I remember Christopher bought that jewel. Um, that's the straight yeah. I think you're thinking of. He ended, yeah. he ended up with Al-Shabaab here in the UAE. <laughs> uh, um, and he was awful there. I mean, uh, you, 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 
you he couldn't have scored with a demon whatever in a brothel, you know, it just <laughs> he was he was he was poor, he was past poor actually. Um and it's a, it's a club that no longer exists now, it's been merged into the new Shabab Al Achli Dubai FC, which is all sort of a bit of a mess. But never mind, that's another matter. Um you, you, you made a very valid point as well about Everton just just chucking cash at it and getting a load of players on the pitch. They're playing like a team of individuals. Um, and now, how much of that is the manager's problem? Uh, I don't know, and I certainly don't think David Unsworth's the solution there, although an Everton supporting mate of mine seems to think so. Um, very, very, very tricky situation, all based around the fact that we've got... Uh, they've got... They've, they've basically took their cash and now they're, now they're paying for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. guys, Ronald Koeman, Ronald Koeman didn't become an idiot all of a sudden. I mean, he's a world-class manager. And what, all of a sudden he, he, he loses the plot? I mean, I do think that they – I know that there's so much money involved in football, but th- this, this quick trigger on managers is just ridiculous in the English Premier League right now. I mean, how did Ronald Koeman go from basically one of the best managers in the Premiership and, and helping everything, you know, get to Europe and do everything, to now he's, a, he's an idiot – and now we need to bring somebody else in. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. You need time for players to bet in with a manager and bet in with a situation. But I guess with so much money involved, owners are just not going to let it happen. I think because of um, because of what happened in Man City at the start and the fact that you know the prospective owner and Mandy Stavely um, has had the experience of going through trying to buy a club before and seeing what happened to Man City and how they went about it. I think when it, with regards to takeovers, uh, I would probably like to think... It, it depends on a, on a lot of things as well. Remember, we've got to get a chief, ex, chief executive. And I've, obviously, I've noticed one particular fan mention, not mentioning names, but saying that was one particular chief executive that Newcastle United players would like, or Newcastle fans would like. Does anybody know? Did you, did Gary? Obviously, Gary Foster's on the show, uh, uh, and uh, Neil Mitchell uh, are calling in from Dubai, uh, uh, Chris. So, tell me, you guys, have you heard of a name of a chief executive that's been linked with Newcastle? Just so Chris would would know. Um, I've certainly not not heard of any any names being being thrown about. Um, I don't know if heard anything. I I have an idea in a certain potential scenario, but it's nothing I'm going to talk about on radio. <laughs> uh, is, it, is, it a good, is it a good scenario or a bad scenario? <laughs> it, 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 it would be, in my opinion, the ideal scenario. Right. Well, that's okay. That's interesting. So uh, that's, Chris that, 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 but oh, is it going to happen? I don't know. I think because of the when you I think Chris because we always we always link when it comes to any takeover in the Gulf the the first thing you always look at has been Man City. Um, Man City, if the, 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 the one thing that's always bothered me, I remember when I was I was a bit younger, a couple of, probably a couple of years ago, but I remember the thought of being taken over by a Dubai type filled me with dread because when you look at Man City and their support. That used to be my second team. I would watch them play uh, in the old first division, whatever, um, because I, you, you're more or less brought you're brought up with the fact that they were in the relegation zone. Normally, quite regularly, 
and the one that, and because they were so well supported, you always thought, well, wouldn't it be nice for Man City to to really have a go at Man United? And now that they've they've actually conquered that the Everest and they're there regularly and they're they're playing wonderful football, but you you look at the fans, it's it's an that you know well, I'm not going to say it's a worrying thing, but it's with Newcastle uh, when it with the with the money that is being spent, it is a necess- necessity. Uh, that Newcastle get taken up by the big boys and run like the big boys as well. And uh, and I'm telling you now, you watch, fellas, that once this obviously happens, uh, in the near future, hopefully it'll happen. But the one thing that disturbs me, and uh, probably might disturb a lot of people, that uh, the one thing that worries me, the fact that they, they put down there was five uh, in, people involved in interest in buying Newcastle, uh, Chris, you're probably aware of this, but we are obviously clearly here. Yeah, but um, the worrying thing for me is that it, where's the plan B if if when if Amanda Stavely uh, doesn't like uh, or Mike Ashley uh, doesn't like the price, Chris? Well, I mean, you know, we've I've read and I heard your uh, previous talk, call. It was Neil, one of the other guys, saying, and I've read the same thing. That I mean, Rafa Benitez isn't stupid. He has the dream list and he has Plan B. He has the list that's of, of some players he's going to try to go get. I mean, honestly, guys, I think if if he was able to get Tammy Abraham, Abraham which is who he wanted, I really think Newcastle their 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 goal their their goal scoring would just be so yeah. much better. You can yeah. see the quality he has up front. And yeah. I don't know what he's looking for. He, I, look, I love Aubameyang, and I think he's one of the best strikers in the world. But Newcastle's not punching in that you know in, in that in, in that level right now. You know, they're not a heavyweight. But uh, one thing that's interesting, guys, what do you think about this? And this is so, this is so typical for us. I'm actually going to be kind of jealous for new Newcastle fans if Newcastle gets all this cash injection. Because all these new Newcastle fans are going to come out of the woodwork or they're going to become <laughs> Newcastle fans. I'm like, no, 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 no. You didn't struggle with this team. And, and when, we were rele- when we were relegated twice you know, in seven years, you're not allowed to jump on the bandwagon to become a Newcastle fan, you know, when they start, whenever they start getting really, really good. It's, go, it's go ahead, Neil. Exactly yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you've got to understand, Chris. That's the price on the ticket, mate. Yeah. 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 True. And, and 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 I think we've got to be open-minded about it. Now, I have to say, I I, 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 I know quite a few City fans out here. Some of them are old school. Some of them are, are, are proper old school City fans and. Some of them are still walking on a little cloud. They still can't believe it actually happened. And, and they will openly admit there was initially a little bit of friction. Because, I mean, do you know what it is out here? They'll chuck any old football shirt on if, the, if a team's doing well. You'll, you'll go in, uh, in the downtown Dubai, in the Dubai Mall. Um, re- remember when Dortmund played Munich in the, in the Champions League final? I've never seen so many yeah. Dortmund and Munich shirts walking around Dubai Mall. Mm. Flaming, ridiculous, man. Mm. Um, and that's the nature of the beast out here. They will jump on a winning horse quite easily. Mm. It's a very modern you know, way of supporting football. It's, it's, a FIFA, good, it's a FIFA way of supporting football. And what's happened, after an initial bit of friction, the, the, the old school City fans have sort of come to terms with it all. And there is a camaraderie, and different camaraderies mm. develop. And it is quite different. Um, but still... Um, it's still there, and, and I think it, 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 sadly it is the price on the ticket. If, for example, somebody from the Gulf came in, we would have to get used to 
a new breed of supporter who are not what we are used to, who perhaps Liverpool, man you, have been used to for a hell of a lot longer than us. Because you can guarantee there'll well, be some I Liverpool, Liverpool fans don't like some of the groups here. And, and, and they'll get irritated by some of the groups here because the, some of them have never even been to the UK, let alone Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's true. Hey, guys, I really think that that's where the away fan support comes in. You see, I, I mean, it seems like you see the old school, true fans of the Liverpools, the Manchester United, the Man Cities. Those are the ones who go on the boat and with the team. It's it's the new fans that want to you know that want to come into the cushy stadiums and and they're the new supporters. They'll buy the home ticket. It does seem like your diehards are the ones that are going out on the road with the team all the time. Newcastle road support for Newcastle has always been amazing. It just it, it's just so top notch. I don't know, guys, it's exciting times. It's exciting times. I mean, at this time last year, we were languishing in the championship and about to play Gunthorpe, whoever the heck we were going to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what a difference a year makes. I mean, it really, it, it really is fantastic. Would you, play, would you play a bit of it tonight? Because it seems to be a, a social media thing that there the, seems to be an inkling that Mitrovic might play tonight. Well, the, the one thing Mitrovic, Mitrovic has shown he can score some goals, he just has to keep his head. I'm hoping that Benitez has really been working with them on that because the guy, you see him play for his national team, and he's, he's magnificent. He finds a way to keep a balance. He has got to keep his head. He cannot be getting yellow cards. And remember, we all saw he should have had a darn red card his last appearance, the two appearances ago, whatever the heck it was. You know, I mean, he, it was a stupid thing he did. So I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that yeah, I mean, I, I do think that he's probably the better, the better toy for it. Because Jostelou, God bless him, cannot find the back of the net right now. He just, uh, he's, he doesn't seem to, and if, I would love for Gale to rediscover it, guys. Wouldn't we all love for Gale to mm-hmm. start making a contribution with his speed? But uh, he seems to be totally down the pecking order. What do you think, uh, Gary? Do you think Mr. is to start tonight? Any sources telling you that he could start? Um, I, don't, I, I don't know. I think the, the difficulty with Mitrovic is probably what uh, Chris has just called that. I don't think Rafa... Um, 100% trusts him, mm. and by that I mean he doesn't trust him to stay on the field, or you know, <laughs> he, pitch, he, yeah. you can't, mm. you, yeah, you can't, you can't fault the kid for effort. But you, you how many, like, he's got to, if if you pick Mitrovic, you almost got to set yourself up with a plan B for if he gets mm. sent off. And and, it's, and I don't think that's how Benitez or any other manager really, for that matter, of fact, wants to start picking that. Squad will like we'll start with him. If he gets sent off after 20 minutes, we'll move to, you know. And I think that's where the worry comes from. It's not so much worrying about his talent; it's worrying about his temperament. I think that's the, the biggest problem that Mitrovic has got, and the reason why Rafa doesn't trust him. Do you think, do you think Gary, that um, I personally tonight I would go with um, Mitrovic and Gale? Yeah, it does. The, the thing is, where where would you play? Would you play? Would you play one of them in the hole and, and one of them further up top? Because the way Rafa's got it, really, is he, he wants people working off the ball as well as on it, doesn't it? So would you get the mm. would you get the work rate and the and the team ethic that you need for Rafa's kind of setup with both of those? No, in, I agree with those guys. In. I mean, that's why that's Jose Perez was on the game sheet because as much as he drives us crazy because he doesn't score enough goals, the guy runs down every ball. You know, he's constantly involved, trying to get involved. I mean, you know, Gale just it seems like he's disappearing when he's on the pitch. 
in, 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 in the EPL, where he seemed to always pop up at the perfect time last year and score much-needed goals. He seems like he is nowhere to be found uh, in, in the Premiership. I don't know if they just know how to mark him better. I don't know what the deal is. Whereas Perez, yeah, Perez doesn't score goals, but every time you see a ball in the corner or a ball that's being contested at midfield, it seems like Ayozi Perez is always the one in the middle of it and trying to do something. And I think that's what Rafa loves about it. Yeah, I think Perez, I don't know what we said at the start of the show, that some of the fans have been on his back and all that. Mm-hmm. But Perez, Perez fits into the Rafa system perfectly. He's a cog that drives the whole thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he's not getting you the goals. Yeah, he's not showing you the sort of flamboyant things that you might be on the flair you might be expecting. But he, he, he works perfectly in Rafa's system. So why would Rafa want to change that? Just because there's a few people saying he should be scoring more. If, if he's working, doing exactly what Rafa wants, then then really you've got to, you've got to trust the man in charge, haven't you? To a certain extent. I can't, I'll be no, surprised if yeah. I'd be surprised to be honest, even though uh, Perez has been getting pelters. I I hadn't noticed he was getting pelters. Like I I speak to people at work and uh, people in the city and. You know, they say like he runs around and there's more to his game than what there was a year ago. Um, but to me, he's he's only going to score. Well, if you look at the, even though he seems to fill out a little bit more, he, he he's always going to need a. To me, he needs a big man up there. If he's if he's going to play, for him to be effective, yes, he, he has to have a a lump up there, which you know leads himself to. Um, I wouldn't even say Joselu. You would think actually by both of them being Spaniards, there'd, there'd be more of a connection uh, with each yeah. other and a bit more guile, I would suggest, from um, Perez. But um, I, I don't see it. What do you think, Neil? To be, honest, you, to be honest with you guys, I wouldn't even care about the goal. Just one of the. I mean, if need be, if he's not scoring, okay, that's fine. I mean, some of the Man City and some, you know, I, you know we watch Match of the Day, you know, here too, and you see. You know, see some of the free-flowing football and some of the passing with going out wide and then setting someone up. It's just, it's just gorgeous. And that's the kind of thing I want to see Newcastle do because they've got the pace. They've got the pace on the outside. It just seems like goals are – Newcastle has to work its socks to get a goal. And, uh, and, and, and whereas some of these other teams these, with this free-flowing football and the quick passes and the quick touches, it'd be nice because – the more Newcastle does, does that, the less they can be beaten on one guy deciding, okay, I'm going to take a shot like Coutinho, and I'm amazing, or or, or the guy from uh, you know from Huddersfield who you know who their one shot they scored on, you know those are good. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. It, what what? But good teams find a way to score more goals, and they can overcome that. And Newcastle right now is not doing. Neil, well, it. it, it if you dig through, I saw something interesting. No, it was, it was interesting for me because cause I'm a bit of a stato when I get going. Um, there, there were some stats doing the rounds about uh, we've got the third, we're the third lowest in the league for players doing short sprints in games. And and, the, uh, and I've got absolutely no idea how what that means, but it's obviously something to do with our style of play. And I think it's this organised, tight, sort of compact system that he that he plays that involves letting the ball do the work and shuttling it around. And to get that, the 
the player that does the most work in that is the player in that number 10 role. And that's what Perez is doing. And it comes back to what I said at the start of the show. He'll sometimes get absolutely hammered. But when you look at the ground he's actually covered in that, that time, because he's acting as the link between midfield width and up front, and he's tiring other people out. And that then allows other players potentially, except at the minute the team seems to be the army, which is a little bit... Uh, sort of it, it, it's not really the best introduction from the bench to be fair in my opinion um, well, but he's a start no god no but I mean you know it, let's see what the reaction of getting a, a punt up the rear off the club captain in the last, in the last couple of weeks does for him um, when he came on know, the other week he was abs- he was like a man possessed you don't notice did you not well, see that this, this is the thing so you know um you can read too much into so many of these things. Um, I think we just kind of have to really, at the end of the day, it boils down to trusting the man that's won the European Cup and hell of a lot more besides. You know, uh, and I think that's all. We've got to keep reminding ourselves of that fact, but that's got to be our focus, really, lads and lasses, and, 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 and keep keep tight with that. That's just my opinion on it, obviously, you know, but um, uh, I'm, I'm ready just to back the team, whatever, and Frankly, I would from here to the end of the season, I would like to see 12 or 13 ground out one nil wins because that'll leave you in a very healthy position at the end of the season, wouldn't it? Mm, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to bring in my next caller of this this evening. I, I, obviously, everybody be, be a bit careful because obviously we don't want to have people talking over each other. But I'm going to bring in my next caller this evening, and it is Steve Hasty uh, calling from the Newcastle Fans Forum. Good evening, Steve. How are you? Evening, Andrew. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. We, obviously, there's a few of us on the line this evening. So, uh, we've got uh, Gary Foster, obviously, you know, Neil and Chris Parry calling from, from Texas. Um, before we actually go ahead, I'll, um, Neil, with, uh, Steve, when it comes to the formation, obviously, tonight we're being linked, uh, Mitrovic being linked with a comeback. Um, would you play Perez with um, with uh with Mitrovic, or would you just, uh, or would you bring in Gale with Mitrovic? Because I think it seems like there's going to be changes anyway to me. I'll tell you now, you'll not get Gale and Mitrovic on the same pitch. Thank you. Not not at the start of it. Um, Anyone who knows uh, what's been going on with Rafa over the last 18 months or two years will know the fact that Rafa will not play two strikers. He'll not play two up front. He will go with the one striker, with the man behind, uh, or a five-man midfield behind, uh, he'll not play. He'll not play them. So that kind of cancels <laughs> cancels out me talking about which one I would play, which one. Would. You know what? I, I, as Neil said, I've, I've got no problem with with Perez. He, he he flits in and out. He does an awful lot of work. I know he gets criticised because of that. At a immortal phrase, uh, he does a lot of work off the ball. And I know for a striker or for a for a someone who you're looking for goals from. Uh, work off the ball doesn't give you goals but what he does is he works that line he works across that line he's the link between the two holding midfielders that Rafa tries to concentrate on he's got two white men and if you watch as Neil has alluded to a little bit earlier the amount of running that the two strikers do uh, tracking back uh, cutting across the pitch uh, cutting off passes because we're, we're now in a, in a situation where we've crept just that little bit more forward than we have done in the past. And uh, I tell you what, Perez is really good at that. 
just, just obviously, Chris, when it comes to when it comes to Perez, the fact that Rafa has been very, uh, dif- you know, uh, sticking up for him and, um, you know, saying that Newcastle support needs to just back Perez. Um, when I when I look at when I know the way Burnley are going to play, um, I just for this game I wouldn't play Perez, Chris. Would you? Four four well, two know, and all I mean, that. Burnley, Burnley's found a way, boys. To, Burnley's found a way to really frustrate teams and kind of. Mm. This is going to be interesting because you've got two teams in Burnley and Newcastle who are very very tight tight defensive teams. They like to just they like to counter punch and just. And, and just you know, kill the other team you know with counter punches and then score goals that way. Burnley's very very similar, which has made them so perfect for the Premiership because they don't have the horses you know to to try to go forward like that. So it'll be interesting how this is going to work because Newcastle that's how they like to play. They're probably going to be a little bit more expansive. What I, I do see, what I'd love to see is I'd love to see a set piece. If Petrovic is going to be in the game, I'd love to see him get his head on a set piece. Let's get out of there with a win. One nil, I'll take it. I don't care, you know, and, and get the three points and keep on moving up the keep on moving up the table. Guys, I'm gonna sign off, but all I want to say is go Cowboys, go Astros. My, my my team that I was uh, it can't happen, boys. It can't happen. I've been a lifelong Astros fan, and they are one win away from the World Series. Of course, it, we've been Newcastle fans, and they've been one win away from a trophy for a while too. But still, I, I think it might actually happen. Astros may win the World Series tomorrow. Night. Good, good luck with that. Would be nice for Houston to win. Uh, well, you know, uh, on a separate issue, the Redskins gave the game to the Cowboys. I watched the same yeah, game you did. Yeah, yeah. We gave you the game. Sure, sure rubbish. Hey, guys, rubbish. <laughs> I will talk to you later, boys. If okay, thanks. All three points. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. Bye bye. Cheers. Uh, so, so obviously a, a good point is ever from Steve. Uh, I, I, to me, just because of the, it's going to be four four two with, with, um, with Bernie tonight, Gary. Um, I think sometimes the, with Rafa, the the, one, the thing I like about him, when it comes to training, he gives players a chance. And I think I was speaking to somebody earlier today when we talked about Manquillo. Would it be a good idea? With Mitchell Front, you'd bring in uh, Clark for uh, Manquillo? Um, it's, it's certainly an option. I mean, um, they're, they're a decent football at times, but they are big, strong, physical as well. And um, Manquillo probably doesn't fit into that bracket of dealing with that kind of um, that kind of opposition. I wouldn't suggest having seen him. Um, in a red and white shirt, although apparently he's a lot better in a black and white shirt than he was in a red and white shirt because he weren't any great shakes when he played for Sunderland. Um, but no, it's certainly an option, and I'm sure, like you said, there's no point in me standing here uh, trying to talk about tactics when uh, against Benitez. You know, the man's a master ta- tactician, and I'm sure he'll know exactly what he wants to do. and how he's going to uh, combat whatever Burnley's going to throw at them. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be, actually, it's four minutes to seven o'clock, so we'll, we'll soon find out. But, uh, did you read the article tonight, Steve, when it comes to the, um, you know, the, I think it was Lee Ryder, wasn't it, and uh, Simon Bird, or saying that uh, when you come to Newcastle, they're going to be run along the same as a Man City. Uh, plus, we'd, uh, on that same subject, two questions for you. But um, 
if there was a chief executive out there that Newcastle uh, would look to get, who would you bring in? Uh, <laughs> who would I bring in as a chief executive? If yeah. going on past, going on past record, any record, a, a guy, a guy like David Dean who was at Arsenal would oh, would, yeah. would have made yeah, an yeah. excellent chief executive for any football club after he left Arsenal. A uh, man who was yeah, totally true. respected across football. I don't think Newcastle will be getting David Dean. <laughs> I think we can safely say that. Um, in terms of following Manchester City, well, I think that's a, that's a, 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 a typical uh, link that you would get if there was any football club in Britain that was uh, linked with uh, a buyout from the Middle East because uh, a, a company from the Middle East isn't going to come in uh, and just want to sit on its laurels and go, look, we own a football club. So I think... A, a, that report that you, that's been uh, mentioned tonight, in the yeah. tonight, yeah. Um, I think that's where where you get that from. I don't, you know, full respect to, to Lee. He's, a, he's a, he has a hard job to do, as does Mark. Um, trying to fill the back pages of, of news from Newcastle United during a, a potential takeover bid on a match day, uh, when he's got the whole of the whole of the northeast and every Newcastle fan hanging on on what news he knows, what he knows, uh, and that's where that type of story comes from. Um, you know what, it's probably, it's probably got an awful lot of, uh, of, of traction, and I think in the next four to six weeks, uh, there's every chance that we'll, uh, we'll have some developments on that that uh, makes the, uh, that'll put the meat onto the bones of, of, uh, of Lee's uh, article and uh, on what Mark's been writing over the last sort of three or four weeks as everybody's been scrambling around to second guess a, who the buyers are, uh, B, whether it's really going to happen, uh, C, who are all these invisible Chinese men who are uh, touting around the town, uh, <laughs> which if we we'll follow one of the stories today, it looks like there's actually no Chinese men at all. There's no, <laughs> there's no other foreign uh, linked company and there's only, uh, there's only one show in town. Which is what we've been saying for weeks. Yeah, Steve, of course. Absolutely. absolutely. You know, I don't envy the journalists in terms of they've got papers to sell. And I think Gary would probably be be back that up in terms of um, sometimes they've got to run with something to to fill that area and to try and sell papers. And you've got to to understand that. that And sometimes they're, they're, they're just sort of like one or two rungs up from us chewing the fat on here and speculating to our heart's content. Because there'd be nothing to go on. There'd be not a lot to go on. Absolutely. So you, know what? you know what, Neil? It's, it's different to the old days when you had a John Gibson who followed the players around, mm-hmm. was friendly with the players, who drank with the players, who, you know, um, even, even in the, the early 1980s uh, and a little bit later, where players would ring him up and, and make complaints mm-hmm. uh, about what was happening with them and, uh, and, and basically Gibble would go into the... Uh, into the, into the directors and say what the hell's going on with this player he's been in touch with me, your manager's do, is doing this your manager's doing that and we've all heard those stories before and the next thing you know um, the manager's out on his ear and that was the sort of power that journalists had in those days because they, they got sound stories and they got them from the most reliable of sources which were the players players don't have that sort of input anymore nor the managers to be perfectly honest um, well. Sorry to interrupt you, Steve. The starting yeah. lineup and the team's a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, I thought uh, it would be. <laughs> we've got Elliot and goal, back four of Yedlin, Lejeune, Lascelles and Manquillo, um, Diarmi and Shelby and Holden midfield, Richie, oh. Atsu, Perez 
and then Jocelyn up front, and then the bench is Darlow, Clark, Gamez, Hayden, Saviette, Murphy, and Gale, and there's no Mourinho in the squad. Wow. Can you believe that, uh, Gary? And no Mitrovic. No, no Mitrovic, Mitrovic, no Mourinho. No. I'm I'm surprised about the Mourinho unless he's, he's unless he's picked up with Doc or something like that. Oh, he's not feeling well. It just seems a big surprise not to have him in the squad unless he feels left the field he needs a needs a rest or what. It's an odd one, isn't it? Yeah. Very odd one, I suspect. He must must be protecting him from uh, if he's got a knock or something like that. That's a bit weird. Isn't it funny though, Gary? I said to Neil, "Oh, look at Would you start the army? No chance in hell. <laughs> <laughs> look what happens. That's, that's, when, that's what happens when you try to pick a team. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing tonight. We'll see a performance that we've never seen before from the army. I'm telling you now. We'll watch that game. That lad will be everywhere tonight. Just because. Just, just, I didn't know just what you quickly. Sorry, Go just ahead. To quickly touch on the air. Just to quickly touch on the press thing, um, yeah. what I will say is, um, back in the day when, when Gibbo was doing his stuff and what, what was like, he, um, he's, he, the, the, the other lad's completely right. Um, it was like when I started out many, many, many years ago, even like a low level Hartlepool, I had all the players' home from numbers, I had all the players' profile numbers. But now, um, with the advent of press officers and people like that, it's yeah. just there's no way in God's creation oh, you'd ever ever get close enough to a player. I mean, the one thing I used to do when I, when when I first started out was I used to follow the youth games and stuff like that. And you'd build up a rapport with the youth players and the families and that. And then if you were lucky for them, lucky enough for them to go up to the first team, you know, which was very rare, right. you had a contact already there. But you know, like. Like I see, like um, as, as time's gone on, even in you know, I mean, Gibbo's been doing it a hell of a lot longer than I have, and through much I'll ever really. But if you, even if just my like period of covering clubs, the amount mm-hmm. of sort of arm's length that's been put between journalists and players and other members of the club, it's unreal. Like the access you once had to what you've got now, you just you just. You know, sometimes you know stand and, and, and Lee and Mark will mention they'll know this as well as opposed to the, sometimes you stand in the tunnel after a game where you might before you dick the phone out waiting to interview players and they'll, sometimes they'll just walk past you and just go no you know even when they won no no put the headphones on and walk straight mm-hmm. and that, that's that's where you're at these days you know it's just there's no sort of link between. Like they say, they used to go out for pints, or they'd make you know, I'll, I'll catch you for a pint after the game, or I'll phone you at home, or and there's just none of that now. So that's that's where you're at in terms of journalism. That's, that's why there's no link anymore. That's why most of us are, are second guessing and and, and and trying to contact God knows who just to, just to fill a fill a back page in and get something out there. M- M- Mourinho's uh, got a back end apparently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny, you know. You're quite right there, Gary, because I'm. I'm led to believe Palomine out here got a phone call off somebody claiming to be from the Daily Star <laughs> wanting to speak to me. <laughs> right. I, I, don't, I, don't the I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I mean, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I don't doubt it for a second. Yeah. I think I think what was funny about that, Neil, was that the fact that the person who was trying to get in touch with you and your friend over in, in Dubai, 
was uh, doing so because he was claiming that he knew that you were pals of John Carver. And, uh, and, the, and the irony being, of course, that the, uh, the, the main sports writer for the North East for the Daily Star actually went to school with John Carver. Uh. <laughs> so that shows you... That shows you how switched on that particular person was. <laughs> and if John Carver wanted anything to be out in the paper, he knows exactly where to go and, and who to say it to and, and how to get it out into the press. <laughs> and yet you've got somebody scrambling around wanting to travel 4,000 miles uh, to try and get an article with someone who's, who is claiming that it's because they've been giving your details because they think you know John Carver. <laughs> well, we know somebody that knows John Carver, actually, but... Um, in Dubai, but I'm not going to mention his name. But uh, well, that's, that's who got the phone call. <laughs> Are you joking? No. Aye. Aye. <laughs> well, he does know him, <laughs> so he, oh, he, he was right. Him very well. He was in bloody Las Vegas with him not so long ago. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> selling something, selling something that we couldn't sell. Yeah, that takes me back. Going, going, going back to the going back to the press. I mean, you must find. Uh, Gary, when you're dealing when you're dealing with it, must, when you think now more than ever before, the the appetite for stories about football is so so great worldwide for every club, not just Newcastle, but for Sunderland, Hartlepool, Darlington, Clive Thorntons, Whitley you name it. The appetite for for news about football clubs is massive, and yet at the same time, the ability for you guys to get a story out there is is squashed and controlled mm. to such an extent that you're having players walking past you. You must find it so, so frustrating um, to be in that particular situation. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, look, I've done freelance for the national papers, but mainly most of my career has been local papers. So you don't you don't operate in the same way as a national paper would where you get guys who come up from London that's probably going to see Newcastle or Sunderland once every mm. six weeks or whatever who's quite willing to do somebody over for the sake of a story. Um, mm. But what the local lads tend to be, we try to build a rapport with the club, with the players, with the fans and what have you, and we we can't afford to go out and like, try to stitch somebody up as it were because you've got to yeah. speak to them next week and then the week after, oh. then the week after. So you, you try not to... Um, you try not to uh, do one on your own doorstep, better way, you know. So you, you try to build a rapport, but the, you know these guys will come out and talk to you every time, and then there's guys who will just put the headphones on and no, nothing to do. There's even there's, there's guys who speak to you three weeks or four weeks before when they sign, and they've only got limited English, but will speak to you in English. And then when you see them sort of four or five weeks down the line, you try to interview them and say, no, 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 no English. And you're thinking, I got about four weeks ago, you weren't too bad. Maybe it's a point now, the, the fact that it's us that kind of speak the English. The no, maybe it's maybe, <laughs> maybe they couldn't understand my, my accent. Ah. <laughs> well, I think um, with, with the fact that the, the, squad, the squad's in there, uh, I think it shocks a lot of people on social media because I'm reading and people can't believe it. But um, do, you, do, you, do you sense that's a, a, a he's looking for a dif, uh, well a point, or do you think it, it's, it's going out to win? And it clearly shows Mitrovic if he's injured because that's the only thing it can be, or he's just completely told him you're, you're off in January. No, 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 I think he plays the same way every game. 
So that's what we expect to see, home and away. He's going to play the same same way every game. So we kind of speculate about why he's picked the team to do a certain job or whatever. It's he puts puts people into positions and says, right, that's what I want you to you to do here, and it's going to be a similar similar way. I mean, you the wild card tonight that we've not touched on, by the way. Because um, of course tonight will all be about the referee Mike Dean. Mm. Yeah. Oh look at me! Look at me! Look at me! It's all about me, Mike Dean. I'm on never, the telly. Never. Oh, look at me. Um, so he could be the wild card this evening. We've got to, got that to contend with, unfortunately, and his strange facial gestures and arm waving. He looks like he's directing traffic in Singapore. Something. Yeah. <laughs> What's it? Oh, oh, have we seen the Have we seen the uh, the Burnley team yet? Has that been announced? Yes. Um, it is. Is Wood playing? Interesting one, that one, like. Wood is out. Yeah. He's not on the pitch and he's not on the bench either. Oh, well. I know he was suffering from a hamstring. What about Vokes? Have they got Vokes up front? Oh, he on must the be playing, surely. Oh, he's on the bench, is he? Yep. Interesting. He, he, too has been, he too has been carrying an injury for the last uh, the last yep. couple of games, I know. So it's interesting because I think when when they've had those two on the pitch, they, they have played a, quite a direct game. Mm. Um, mm. I'm wondering whether, you know, Rafa's thought that, that that's the way that, that, that they were going to continue to play. Um, they, they are they are too susceptible, I think, at the back to height, um, but they are also quite a, quite a big team, um, and he's got the army in there, perhaps for his height. Um, who knows? I think what, the one thing, as you say, there's two things about Rafa. A, you cannot second-guess him, and B, um, it, it's very difficult to... Uh, to, to Analyze the rationale behind what he's doing, um, because he he does pick teams based on the opposition, and he picks picks teams based on what he's looking for. I mean, obviously he's always looking for three points, but he goes in. I think he goes into a game thinking you start this game with one point, and, and if we finish the game with one point, I'll be happy. Right. Yeah. If we miss chances, then I'm going yeah. to be upset. And uh, he has a system. He 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 coaxes and cudgels his players. He he basically coaches that team through every single minute of a match. There's no question about that. Yeah, I think I think when it when it comes to Mitrovic in that in 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 training, I've, the one thing I've noticed about Rafa, when you hear him talk, he does he does if if somebody puts it in in training, he will put he will put you in. It's, it's been proven, isn't it? He'll put you in. Yeah, and, uh, you look at the bench, and he's got Gale on the bench, so that yeah. means there's no place for Mitrovic. It's as simple as that. He, he has to pick a goalkeeper. He's got a he's got a two two defenders in Clark and Gamers. He's got uh, he's got Hayden and Sevier that are covering his central midfield because he's thinking it's quite possible that those two can tire. Um, and he's got Murphy to cover for either wing, whether he needs to bring. Uh, either of his wingers off or he needs to switch it and but the, the interesting thing about the three wide men that we've got mm. um, is that the, the, all three of them have the ability to uh, to switch wings and play on either side it's not as though they're a, they're a winger that is so, totally one footed and, and can only operate and we saw the other day when, when Rafa made his change or when the opposition made that change the Crystal Palace game the first thing that Rafa did was immediately flick his, flick his wingers over and, and swapped swapped them over because it, the, the, the changes he's made, one of which obviously was that uh, Crystal Palace had taken off their main striking force and shoved, uh, shoved Townsend down the middle. So Rafa immediately went, right, 
the cover's off. We don't need to cover um, the cover the, the, the full-backs. We give them a little bit of freedom to roam. Um, I switch my wide men because both of them have been working well with the full-backs, but I'm giving them licence to push on. And from that, we got the goal. We saw a, we saw a, a, different, a, a different emphasis that came in in the last 20 minutes, and uh, that's what Rafa looks for. He, he looks, he analyses the game as it goes on, and he makes changes accordingly, you know, whereas you have other managers that just have, uh, right, it's now 60 minutes, I'm making the change, and, it, and it's, it's regardless. Or managers in the past where we've seen uh, that haven't made changes until there's been like a minute ago, and it's too late, you know. Right. I must admit it sets the game up perfectly because we the fact that they're without uh, you know two their two their two main guys in Volks and uh, Wood you know the, you have to, you have to think we could really look to overpower them on on the flanks especially and uh, really get at them and you know really that's the thing about you know they had the same Burnley team had um, had you know Man City in trouble. The other week, uh, it, it, it took a fluke goal, well, a penalty, to separate the team, and then obviously Man City went on to win. But um, you know, we're not playing, we're not playing dummies tonight, and it's going to, it's going to be interesting. And uh, obviously, bring fresh from the team news, I'm going to bring in uh, Lee Johnson from Chesterton. Good evening, Lee. Are you surprised by the, the the inclusions? And obviously, you can't do nothing about injury when it comes to Mikel Marino, because you know he he's. Um, that's the one miss I worry about a little bit, but the fact that you know, uh, when it when it comes to the top two up front for Burnley, it could this could be a really good opportunity for Newcastle tonight. Um, I'm not. No, to be fair, Andrew, I'm never surprised by anything Rafa does. Um, <laughs> and and also, you know, Johnny Johnny actually changed the game when he came on against yeah, okay. uh, Crystal Palace. <coughs> I have to say, obviously, he came on in the number ten ten role. I think he's a better. I think he's a better deep lying midfielder. Um, and also, he had a good kick up the arse off the cup a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. he'll have he'll have something to prove. Uh, and a clip round the and a clip round the ears apparently. <laughs> well, there you go. Like I said, I've got at the end of the day, Andrew. Like everyone points out, we're not we're not a team who's going to score a lot of a lot of goals and things like that. We've played our strengths so ultimately. We're very well well we're well organised. We're defensively strong. We'll look to stay in the game. We'll look to keep it tight, and then hopefully, if we can make a couple of chances, we'll take one of them. Uh, it's no, there's no doubt Benitez wants to improve us going forward, but he wasn't allowed to do so in the summer in terms of the targets that he's identified. Um, so, no, I've got I've got no problem with the team selection. I trust all the players. They all work hard. They'll all be detailed. They'll all know what they're doing. So, no, no problem. Actually, I did I did think uh, uh, Lee and we'll go one by one. That I didn't think that day should be there tonight. I must be. I, I think all last week I thought, well, any money, any minute now that uh, Everton are going to go for are going to go for him, and you decide to get serious when it comes to be having a manager for a change. But um, the fact that he's still there um, suggests that you know they're not going to Everton aren't going to make a move for him, or he's he's going to wait for a bigger club. See, he's asking me. Yeah. Yeah, ask me. Yeah, um, I'm surprised Everton aren't going for Pep Guardiola, one of the biggest clubs <laughs> in the world. Aren't they? they take about they take about fifteen, they take about uh, twenty thousand fans away to each away game, don't they? <laughs> well, no, I, I mean I like Dice. I think Dice has done a really good job. I think it's I think it's, it's quite key to remember that we're currently a, the newly promoted club in the Premier League. Burnley, Burnley are currently currently established, and that's a lot to do with Dice. Um, 
well organised, difficult to beat. Um, not really bothered who goes to Everton. We're just really a bunch of scouts mackings anyway. <laughs> jealous of their, jealous of their other neighbour. And, that, and, that's, and that's why they're going to get Sam on, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He put, him, he, put his, he put his hat in the ring today, didn't he? Oh, oh he did, did he? I didn't oh, hear that. Sam will, oh, yeah. Sam will never put his hat in the ring and then make an announcement like that unless he's already been tipped off that the job's his. I, I would oh, put wow. money on Allardyce sending up there. They need to fire fight. They've, they've suddenly realised that they're in, they're in trouble and I think that that's, that's who's going to end up at, at, at Everton. Wow. Um, and, and good luck to them. <laughs> further, enhance, further, further enhance his amazing CV of keeping teams up. What a man. What a Gary, man. have you heard that as well? Have you heard that about I, I, I haven't. I know. I did hear him put his hat in the ring for the American job in the week. Yeah, I uh, thought well, that would be a better fit for him, actually. Well, he'd be at the, dressed like Miami Vice and danced to Rihanna <laughs> all night, wouldn't he? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, the th- thing is, the American model, to me, fits exactly what he, the, the type of um, thing he would like to do. And plus, it gets him ah. back into the international scene that he, all, he, he American, missed out with England. The American model's no good for Sam. He gets nowhere near the money. He gets nowhere near the cash bags. They run a totally different ship in America. That's no good for Sam. Sam needs to be near the readies, doesn't he? You know, he needs to be, <laughs> he needs to be the man in control. It, Sam, it, it's like... It's like a it's like a dream, isn't it? You've got you've got you've got Allardyce going to Everton, and you've got Pardew going to Glasgow Rangers. You know, poor John. John must be absolutely <laughs> absolutely loved when you when he comes on. You can ask John what he thinks about about uh, Alan Pardew getting the job at Glasgow Rangers and see whether he's loving it as a Celtic well, listen, fan. I can imagine listen for the small explosion. <laughs> He's actually I'll listening in, actually. He's I'll just drive. listening in, don't worry. I'll drive him. I'll drive. I'll, I'll drive him. I'll you up the Rangers if I get him off telly. Have you heard that, Gary? <laughs> Pardew you to Rangers? <laughs> no, I haven't heard that one, no. Um, but um, <laughs> I, I, I can't see Rangers fans being happy with that. But, um, God, can you imagine know. him up there? Oh, my God. Well, he, he, I don't think he's... T- look, Rangers need somebody tactically equipped to deal with Brendan Rodgers and... Yeah. My opinion is a podge who's not that man. Well, the thing is, even when even when you li- hear him on TV, he hasn't got a clue, has he? Like no. I, you listen to him and like you you want you want to hear something interesting or to debate. That I listen to him and it's it's even as a Newcastle fan when we had that idiot as a manager. But I think the one thing I always took was when he came in that the players liked that he's he's coaching. They would, he was he did different things. But then you listen to him maybe ten years later, and he doesn't bring anything to comment, to punditry or whatever. It's like it's for a guy that wanted to take a bit of time out. It's, it's pretty shameful, actually. You would think you'd you think there'd be you'd bring more to it, and the fact that he's well, you know, Mike actually still owns a bit. I think he still owns a bit of Rangers and. No, no, uh, he's, he's he's well shot of them. I don't think he's got a. I don't think his fingers are in any pies and Rangers. Don't worry about that. Because um, if he because if he, he tried, he would he would have got them cut off. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I think yeah, Marina, Marina's got a back injury apparently. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. So, but like, so what do you think tonight, lads? You think three points before I bring in John uh, Lee? What are you? Are you surprised to see the army back in there? Or would you? Played Hayden because I wasn't sure if Hayden is on the bench, is he? He is on the bench, yeah. Are you yeah. surprised? Yeah, like I said, I, I think Benitez 
Benitez, like I said, I mean, he's the one who all the fans know that Benitez analyzes all things all week. He looks at levels and different things like that. So, Johnny obviously is um, is doing exactly what he wanted to do this week. So, got no problem with playing. I think it's his best position. I think he's a better deep line midfielder than he is at number ten. Um, so, you know, gives us a bit, gives us certainly, you know, give us a bit muscle in midfield. Um, and this will be a, it'll be a, um, be a physical game there. They work incredibly hard, a lot like ourselves. Yeah. So, Lee, not many Lee. goals in it. Lee, can I ask you, did, did you think that, that, that Hayden struggled in the last couple of home games that we've seen him in? I mean, he's, he's had a little run in the team um, and, and Marino was rested. And I, I thought that, I thought Hayden did, did well when he first came in. I thought that this, the second game he was effective and I thought that, that, that in the last home game, I thought he, he, he struggled a lot. I know he got the, he got the goal against Southampton, but I thought, mm. that, I thought he was a little bit of a drift on... Uh, on, on the last home game against Palace, and I, I was wondering whether you uh, thought the same, and maybe Rafa uh, looked at it and thought, "I'll give it, I'll give, I'll take the lad out a little bit." Yeah. Um, and I think there's there's always that that thing with Rafa that he, he looks ahead and he's thinking, "Well, you know, we've we've got players that are picking up bookings. I want to make mm-hmm. sure that the players are all used to working and playing alongside each other." Um, and you know, and I, and I try a formation, and I've got them got them back in. It took him a while to bring Shelby back in, and now Shelby's had a little run in the team. Um, so he's he's got great options, hasn't he? Ah, it's not, it certainly in terms of Hayden, it, it certainly it was it hasn't been for the want of trying. But in the last no, couple no. of games, I, I would agree with you. I think he's just been he's just fell a little short. And the problem that you have now is when you've got the likes of Miguel Mourinho on the bench, mm. you've got people in the stand going, "Get him on, get him on." Mm. Um, he, I, I think Hayden's also been carrying a, an ankle injury. Um, oh, all right, okay. So for me, um, I think it's sensible management that. If there's a doubt, because I think he's had problems with his ankles before, if yeah. he's got a doubt, and we can put somebody else in oh, comfortably, absolutely. do We've it. We've got options. We've got options. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, quite right, mate. Well, I think it, I think I, I think you know it's not, it's it's awful thing to say, isn't it? But getting a smack in the face can, especially from your captain, <laughs> something that runs you know is the captain of Newcastle United when he when he sees when he sees a player. That statistically, because like as we said, statistics don't lie. If he's not putting it in, like honestly, well, I think we'll we'll see a totally different player once he plays. And I think tonight he'll run around. You, I just think tonight is a perfect scenario for him because he was the player Newcastle bought who I thought would make a real difference in that engine room. Because if Go ahead. I, I think you're right. I, I think you're right, Andrew. I think you probably will see. It. To be honest with you, if Lascelles had chased me or hit me, I would have moved to Yemen. So the fact that he stayed around, um, I think you'll see. I think you'll see a different Johnny tonight. It'll be great if it does well, because you know he's one of them lads who gets he got picked out of the crowd last I year a little bit like Dummett, when he didn't do a great deal wrong. To be honest with you, he, he could have done maybe a little bit more, grabbed the championship by the scruff of the neck. But he did nothing, Lee. Did he? He didn't do anything really. He played his point, and he made. He certainly played his end. Um, Played his role in the championship season last year. It'll be, it'll be good to see him tonight. Yeah, I think uh, he, yeah he played his part, but I think because you, he, you know, he he's a big, he's a tall player, he's a big, he's a big lad, and you know, you you definitely thought there was something in, there's something more to give you. He gets a five-year deal. You know, Rafa's seen something in him, and it's interesting that it's it took a punch in the face from to, you know, decide. You know what? I've I've got a like it, 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 to me, it defies logic. In the, you're in the you're in the Premiership, you're in the Premiership where you think you belong, and you don't put it in. It defies logic to me. 
I don't think it's a case of not putting it in, by the way. I, well, he has been putting he, it in. I think he just. I think it's. I think it's the way he runs. He's got that shoulder esque Tino esque yeah. kind of mannerism when he runs. Languidity. Ah, he, looks, yeah. he just looks like he's not at it, and I think I don't think he, I don't like again, Andrew. I don't think it's like a lack of trying, and I, and I don't think if it was a case of a not trying, he would be nowhere near the squad. You know, you wouldn't play. It. Wouldn't be anywhere near. You wouldn't be anywhere near this squad, this group of players, or anything like that. So I, I don't think there's a problem there. I mean, no one knows what went on in training. It could have been anything. Um, yeah, but true. you know, Benitez is pretty much quelled all that. So. We'll see tonight. You know the lads playing, so clearly the manager's all, no all, all it needs from the army is a, is a good run of half a dozen or more games. Yeah, right. where, yeah. Put the yeah. graft in, and then all of a sudden Tottenham come in and realise that it was the army that were all watching <laughs> and not Sissoko. <laughs> let's face it. You know, realise they got the wrong man. Um, I, I presume you all saw, you all saw Sissoko's performance on Saturday, and uh, I don't know about you, but. Uh, that that shot that he had, where the ball was laid up, <laughs> teed up on a plate for him, I think I could have shot like that with with my eyes shut, no problem. Uh, I, in fact, I could have probably put it a little bit further into the crowd if that's what he was aiming to, because he certainly wasn't aiming to track and put it in the back of the net, was he? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. Before. Well, I'm going to bring in our last guest this evening, and that's John, and we're going to talk all about Alan Pardew to <laughs> uh, Rangers. Good evening, uh, John. We're obviously going to talk about Newcastle United. You've seen the team news. So tell me, what's your reaction to the team? And then we'll get to your favourite subject, Celtic. How are you doing, lads? Yeah. Hello? We're, we're doing good, mate. We can hear you. Go ahead. Tell me, what, you've seen the team news. What's your first reaction with, obviously, no Mitrovic in the, in the squad, Marino's injured, and Diarmi is in there. So um, what's your thoughts on, on the squad? Well, well, I mean, um, Marino's going to be a massive miss on it, like, I really do. But um, I'm amazed that Mitch Fish is on the team again. I think he's finished at Newcastle now. I just can't yeah, see him get back in that team ever way. again. I, I hate to say it because I, I just think Rafa has confirmed it now, but he just doesn't trust him. And um, now I just think, I just can't see him playing with Newcastle again. I can't. But the team selection there, I mean, I just, where's the creativity, though? I mean, I look at this team. There's no creativity in that team. I would have liked to give Jacob Murphy a go. Yeah, more Murphy. And yeah. I, I would have, I would have played him rather than um, Perez. Because be I'm, you know, I'm not a Perez fan. I never have been. And mm. yeah, he works hard. He does his best, but he just hasn't improved. To be honest, yeah, he works hard, but he just doesn't score enough for us. But I would have liked to see Jacob give him a go and neat like. But other than that sort of thing, I think, yeah, I mean. It's all clear. I think it's a good. Okay. I think it's a good thing there without their two main, uh, you know, headers of the ball in Volks and uh, in Wood. Uh, and well, I, think, I think Murphy. I think Murphy hasn't done. I look at Murphy and like I, I understand there's a not a clamour, but people want to see him in the team, don't they? Because you know they reckon he's got he, he'll get something. But the, the bottom line to me with Maritovic, he's not putting it in in training. It's obvious. I think he's finished, Andrew. He yeah, he has to be. After, I, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't like... Look, listen, we know what he's like. He's got passion. I mean, he gives it a go, right? I mean, um, but the thing is, though, I, mean, I just... It's just as... Um, it's hard to say, really. I mean, Rafa knows best. But, I mean, if we talk about his attitude and training, and if it ain't right, then 
yeah, don't play him if he's not right. And um, we only need players that's going to put him, put him a shift. And I think he'll be away in January. Gary, do you think, obviously, it's, it's, this has been a bugbear for Newcastle uh, in, since Mitovic, since Rafa became boss, but it, it, it definitely, obviously, I've known for ages that John Richardson, who's regular on the show as well, completely said, I remember at the end of that season, oh, they're definitely going to sell him. And the fact that we, we haven't really brought anybody in in the summer, it just shows you that he's keeping them on, he's keeping them in there because he's got no other option because you know there's nobody else, there was nobody else lined up. We didn't sign anybody. So, uh, have you heard any mumblings that you know it, it is kind of all over for Mitrovic? So John can get his mind on it and put ourselves of course. <laughs> well, I think you've probably answered your own question. Really, I think if they'd managed to get somebody else in in the summer, then mm. we probably would have seen him go. But the fact that they didn't means he's probably got at least January and then again mm. if, if he can't get somebody in January it might be till the end of the summer I think I don't think Benitez he mightn't be flavour of the month for Benitez and he might be looking to offload him but Benitez is the sort of guy that'll make sure he's got who he wants in first or, or somebody who he wants in first before he thinks about letting him go I would imagine I think that when you look at Mitovic uh, Neil when, and, and Steve we'll get to both in a sec but when you look at when you look at Mitrovic, like people keep keep on saying he's a young lad, but to me he misses a he misses a lot of chances. He doesn't seem to put he doesn't put enough in as as a striker should. Like he hasn't got that dead eye uh, mentality that he that he, he really wants to <coughs> to do something. That's that that's always been a disappointment, and uh, the fact that he gets sent off for silly little things, and I think because you know we we all need aggression in football, but. You know, you, you've got to have common sense as well. You've got to be able to want to be one of the top players in the Premiership, and he definitely hasn't got it. Andrew, I think he he, he still has the potential. You, you, I think he's still to this day paying for the stupid way he introduced himself to Newcastle United. Yeah. Opening match, he told yeah. the world he was going to club at the centre backs in the Premier <laughs> League. He club at the centre back in the Premier League and got himself sent off. And it's just gone from there. There's a a mistrust exists in obviously from the manager to him. Um, I'd love to know the magic formula at the tournament of the player who plays for Serbia who seems to be able to keep his cool and turn performances in. Um, So we need to. We've got to remember he's still only what 23. um, But at the same time. He's a striker in the spotlight in the Premier League, and there's no hiding place. Seems to um, seems to try and play up to his reputation here, Neil. I think. Yeah. Mm. I I'm a hard man. Ah, uh, yeah. Because if you dare, well, there's an uh, elbow yeah. for your mm. sins. Uh, yeah, I get, I get you. Mm. I get you. And and, and the the problem is, he's, he's, he seems to have this disjointed relationship with the manager. Mm. That's really only going to end in one place, which is sad. Um. But at the same time, um, he, he's not going to do anything for her when he's suspended. And no. he's got to work that one out. And, the, and that, that challenge that got him suspended against West Ham, okay, the, the media had damn good go making sure he got a suspension. Um, but it was stupid. There was no need for it. And you think of how many challenges he's picked up where yellows and reds, when you could say, what were you doing there? What was your thought process when you made that challenge? Because it was senseless, it was needless, it was in the wrong part of the pitch. 
what were you doing? You weren't saving a, a, a clear cut goal chance and giving them a chance to keep at the save a penalty when it one nil up in the last minute. Um, you know, you weren't going for the ball in the box and trying to score a goal and you 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 flattened the centre back with your elbow or something mm-hmm. like that. That they're in stupid parts of the pitch where it means nothing, it wins you nothing, it gets you nothing, but into trouble. And 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 it's that it's those decisions he's making. Um, those split-second decisions on the pitch, and he's making them the wrong way, and perhaps you've just nailed it there, Lee. He's, he's still trying to live up to this hard man reputation on the pitch. He is. Mm. He is. He plays up, he plays up, he plays up to the crowd, sadly. I think he has, I think he has got something you know, in terms of what we've got as a squad at this moment in time. Really, in terms of his, you know, his potential ability, he should be actually close to the team, mm. no doubt about it, but uh, for whatever for whatever reason, whether the manager doesn't trust him, I think it will depend on what kind of budget Benitez has available to him January, whether he's here or not. This this is a situation, isn't it, where if we had a connection to Alan Shearer in terms of coaching mm. the club, exactly, exactly. I tell you what, mate, I'm going to show you how to be mm-hmm. an absolute git on the pitch yeah. and get away with it. Use his body correctly. <laughs> he doesn't use his body correctly. Use, he's, sat, he's massive. He's like a brick wall. You can't go around him. He just doesn't use his body correctly. Aye. It's just Aye. the thing is, like, I, I would suggest with, with regard to that, I think they probably are waiting for this, for the, the takeover, whatever that happens, for, for Rafa to really bring in, do whatever he wants to do, I think they are waiting. I don't know this. I just, it's just a hunch, but um, they are waiting for. And it's not just for Mitrovic; it'll be for all the strikers, wouldn't it? But um, I think with a clean slate, you probably might see that happen because you know they obviously get on quite well. And I've seen the interviews, and uh, he always says, "I wish I had you on my team." And um, so you, you can imagine it happening that well, somewhere along the line that Alan would come become a, you know involved with Newcastle. But I, I really can't see it happening I mean, until let's be, let's be honest, though, Andrew. If the if the if the takeover happens, who are you going to pick, Mitrovic or Messi? I mean, I'm going to pick Messi every time. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, what do you say? Well, could he do? Could he do it at a wet wet stoke on a Tuesday night? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you would, you know, the, the thing is, the interesting thing about the Messi situation, if that I was happens, joking, by the way. Yeah, you're joking, but <laughs> what? You, 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 you deluded fact, bastard. You're going to have every single back of now reprinting what I've just said there, telling us that I've got re- unrealistic expectations. You're <laughs> Come on, Gary, dig me out of this one. If Newcastle get, get taken over, these guys, as well as Neil knows in that area, they like to buy big and they like to make a statement. When it comes to Messi, he is out of contract in two months. He is out of contract in two months. It's not beyond the realm of possibility. The guys that want, because obviously it's clear, it's obvious that Man City want to bring in Messi. But they would fall. Are you going to City anywhere? What have you? I think he may go to City. What have you been drinking the last five minutes? Coffee. But like, uh, what do you think, Gary? I was talking to Gary. Everybody else, be quiet. Well, like, <laughs> Gary, I, Gary, I, I, I think I, Gary's going to start laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Gary? Well, no, no disrespect whatsoever, <laughs> but if, if, he, if he's 
Three cents for Newcastle. I'll walk around the big bottle with a black and white top on. Good luck. Good luck. Come on, Amanda. Come on, Amanda. I'll tell you what, thing. I'll tell you what, guys. If that came off, kids wouldn't be able to get near Phoenix window for people showing their backside. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny, very the good. Queue, the queue would stretch to the Tyne Bridge at one end and the Town Bar at the other, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. But I think, but obviously, realistically, it'll be, if anything what happens, you can imagine it'll be around 100 million. You look at possibly that he would look to. Um, but this is the problem, isn't it? If, if it does happen, if the, the rate that people are going to ask for in January. I'm going to be astronomical, but we'll go, obviously go on the table, but before we have to end the show, because I'm sure Rafa's going to come on in a minute, but when it comes, I'll start with you, Gary, first. When it, when it comes to the takeover, uh, out of 100%, what do you think the, the actual real, real, realistic thing you're looking at with Newcastle? Oh, there's, there's a question of, I think, First of all, you've got to see who who, who completes the takeover yeah. if it does get complete, and I, and I certainly think while I think Neil touched on it earlier, any manager, not just Rafa, if you give them the choice, they'd have a bottom, they'd ask for a bottomless pit of cash. But mm. I think it's it, it's a case of building building a team, building a squad, and and adding one or two star mm. players if you want, rather than end, you buy a team full. You think you'll go back for pounds then? Think you'll go back for Townsend in January? Uh, well, if well, no disrespect to Townsend, I think he's a very good player. But I think he's probably if the takeover does go through and they've got money to spend, they're probably punching a little bit higher than that. I would have thought. Oh, possibly, yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think yeah, that's a good good point. I think I just think they, they the money might be there, but I think when it comes to the the actual takeover itself, it's this is the worst thing. We're waiting, aren't we? We're all waiting for. For it to happen, and I think the the slight the thing that is disappointing is that you can't, can't wait for the next statement to come out from St James's Park saying, "Okay, we had five, but we're down to three. <laughs> but we all know there isn't five there anyway. It's <laughs> but it, normally the, the the fact that it is very very quiet, like Neil said, it's it's good news. I think, but I agree. Uh, the the fact that they said five and there's been no diligence done. Andrew could have said any number, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Gary, Gary, right? He's hit the nail on the head. All Newcastle, all Newcastle fans really want is somebody with a little bit, with a bit forward thinking to enhance, enhance every single part of the club, trying to move it forward, maybe mm. to make us like competitive within the top eight of the league. I don't think that's the but uh, beyond the realms of possibilities. I think if it's run correctly and it's run right. Um, and, the, and the right things is doing. Newcastle could cement themselves within the top eight of the Premier League for you know a very long time. And I think a lot of owners, Shepard Hall and that included, Ashley himself have missed missed out missed a trick on that. Um, so if anyone comes in who's happy to try and move it forward, they'll certainly they'll be hanging off the rafters. You could probably put twenty million. You could probably put twenty thousand on the gate as well if Newcastle mm-hmm. are going to be competitive. True. Uh, okay, so I'm probably going to end the show in a minute, but I'll give John the final uh, chat before I have a quick chat with Neil <coughs> for the start of the match. So tell me, John, par due to Rangers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. You know what? <laughs> They're welcome to it. If it's true, they're welcome to it. 
You know what I mean? Because the club is in an absolute mess anyway. I mean, when he go, if he does go, he's going to find a team full of post-score Mexican players there. And he's going to have a... I mean, he's going to have Portuguese or Spanish names, you know what I mean? But, like I said, as long as they do them over four or five times a season, then that's what it is they take them. We're still going to win the league. And also, Kieran Tierney is just trying to do six-year contract. To be fair, John, John, to be fair, I could put 11 players together and I'd win the league in Scotland, man. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, no. But end of year sort of thing. I'd be too much in front of my, me. My, under, my under 11s could finish 17. <laughs> seven <two>, seven <laughs> well, thanks for us, gentlemen. Wow. Thanks for my main guest, uh, Gary, tonight uh, on, oh, on the show as well. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Try and get you on next week. Thanks so much, Gary. Been a pleasure. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care, Take care, lads. Bye-bye now. Good. listening to Tune Talk with my guests this evening, Gary Foster, with my co-hosts, Neil Mitchell, and also my other guests, including John uh, from Newcastle United Fan, and also uh, uh, Steve yeah. Hasty, Lee Steve Johnson, Chris and Chris Parry, and that's about it, I think, <laughs> so I remember. So catch on, we'll be back next week, and go to www.toontalk.co.uk, we can listen back to this fabulous podcast we've had on Newcastle United. Sunland, who else? I can't anybody else. But <laughs> <You're listen> all <laughs> <comfortable>. <laughs> you can listen 